1: Hey everyone, Matt Straub here, welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Before we get underway, if you like the podcast and can take a moment to write a review, rate the show, and subscribe, that is always a big help. Now we are getting ready for an 11-game Wednesday in the NBA. We're going to hit at least one fantasy topic in all 11 games. With me to co pilot this thing today is Tommy Beer. Tommy, the Nets play for the first time without Karis LeVert. We saw that brutal leg injury. Actually looks like he's not going to be out for the year. That's good news, of course. Fantasy owners are going to have to decide whether to drop him or not. In the meantime, as for how his production gets absorbed, he was averaging over 18 points a game, around four boards, four assists. Do you think there's a single player who emerges as a result of this, or is this going to be kind of absorbed by committee?
0: Yeah, I think it's more of a committee thing. And the the first and foremost is that was great news um, when we found out that he's not going to miss the year. Um, you know, just dealing with the dislocation. So, um, you know, I think we all thought and assumed the worst when we first saw that because that looked nasty. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, going forward, I've had a lot of people ask me uh, an email and, and, and Twitter, you know, is Alan Crabb the guy or Ronnie Hallis Jefferson or um, I think Joe Harris will see an uptick, D'Angelo Russell as well. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head in, in terms that it's going to be a different guy every night, you know, just kind of a, a committee approach to soaking up those minutes you know, the Nets are one of those teams, Kenny Atkinson is a coach that kind of likes to rely on his depth. Um, so I think we can assume that will be the case going forward. Alan Crabb's been in a bit of a, actually he's been in a major slump for the majority of the season, so I think he'll snap out. I think Ronnie Hollis Jefferson's fantasy stock was already ticking upwards, being inserted into the starting lineup, kind of rounding out his game and, and shaking off some rust. He's been playing a bit better of late. So I expect his uh, fantasy value to certainly increase going forward. And Harris, Joe Harris as well, obviously a reliable shooter, you know, right near the very top of the league in true shooting percentage, a lot to like there. Um, so I think all those guys um, receive a, a definitely have an uptick, uh, but I don't think there's one player that's the, the primary beneficiary.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. The two guys who, who needed the boost, I would say, the most out of the group we talked about are Crabb and Rondé Hollis Jefferson. So yeah. it's possible that those two guys kind of get to the next level this season that they really hadn't reached yet, the level that we were hoping they could reach this season. Agreed. Elsewhere, the Sixers are taking on the Magic in, of course, the much-anticipated debut of one Jimmy Butler. I think we know Butler is going to get his numbers no matter what. But I'm curious, Tommy, what do you think his arrival does to Ben Simmons?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't think it'll impact him negatively to to any large degree or any significant extent. Um, Butler's a guy that uh, does a little bit of everything. Obviously, a strong defensive player. Um, so we will help Simmons on that, that end of the floor as well as the team. And Simmons isn't a guy, as we know, obviously, that needs a ton of shots uh, in order to be productive. You know, he can uh, be a very quality fantasy you know stat line by taking eight shots a game or ten shots a night. So hopefully Jimmy Butler will knock down some open jumpers off uh, some Ben Simmons drives into the paint, uh, create some open looks for Butler. So I think they could be a, a, you know mutually beneficial to each other. You know, it might cost him some boards. Uh, Jimmy Butler's a strong rebounder um, and uh, a little bit of a. His Usage rate should drop a little bit. Um, But all all things considered, I I don't believe it to be uh, significantly a net negative or net positive.
1: Interesting. You know, I, I think my concern is that maybe it, you know, if you knock off possibly an assist from Ben Simmons and a board or two, like you said, like, he hasn't been playing so well this year that he has a monster margin for error. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm True. too much of a pessimist on Simmons.
0: I'm not as high on Simmons as well. I guess if I were going to, you know, counter that argument, I'd say he might get some easy baskets cutting to the rim as defenses, you know, are attracted and, you know, he, he draws some double teams or, you know, draws the attention of other defenders and maybe gets uh, Simmons some easy looks at the rim. But uh, it's certainly a significant, that's a, that's a, a you know, significant point. Um, I could see Simmons, you know, even if his assist average drops by half an assist or something along those lines lines to your point it's not like uh you know he's he's uh, dominating any other category so he needs to have uh big numbers in those particular categories
1: all right well the sixers will be taking on the magic as i said for orlando terrence ross has been more or less a dynamo lately off the orlando bench six straight double digit games 22 and 21 points his last two games averaging around 17 points lots of threes some steals and blocks his last six games of course, though, a hallmark for Ross has been inconsistency. This guy has driven us somewhat insane over the years. Is he finally emerging as a trustworthy fantasy option this year?
0: Not for me. Uh, it's going <laughs> to be a hard pass for Ross. Um, as you know, he has played well, no denying that. But he has seen uh, basically uh, about 90% of his minutes have come at a small forward this season. And with the return of Jonathan Isaac, uh, hopefully in the near future, sounds like he's still questionable for tonight's game, Um, even though he said he's very optimistic about suiting up. Um, We'll see, uh, you know, as we get closer to game time, whether he actually takes the floor or not. Um, But once he comes back into the lineup, back into the mix, that's going to eat into Ross's minutes significantly off the bench. He'll definitely have some 20-point games here and there. But I think it would probably be a little bit unrealistic to assume that he would uh, you know, approach the consistency that he's had over the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'm going to steer clear.
1: All right. Temper your enthusiasm, everyone. You know, let us that's good perspective, Tommy. I was starting to get a little excited about <laughs> Terrence Ross. I've always enjoyed watching him, even though he's driven me crazy. We're going to tap the brakes here. We're going to yes. slow down. Yep. Tommy, I gotta ask you right now: Are you a sneaker guy? Would you call yourself a shoe guy?
0: I, I would. I would call myself a sneakerhead. I have um, uh, quite a few Jordans in the closet, probably more than I should. If you ask my wife, um, <laughs> but uh, yes, I've been a, a sneakerhead for a long time, and uh, I'm not into it as much as you know nowadays with the with the crazy kids that wait online overnight and all this that and the third. But um, I have a, uh, I have a quite a bit of a, a, lo- a love for shoes, and, and always have, always will.
1: Yeah, I've developed in recent years what you might call a sneaker problem. Uh, for me, it's Jordans as well. And if you're wondering out there where to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit shelves, the answer is StockX, a new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Millions of people are using StockX to find everything after it sells out from the latest Yeezys to every retro Jordan One cool thing about StockX, it uses the same principles as the stock market to make buying and selling as safe and easy as possible. You get real-time market data for smart buying and selling. Also, and maybe best of all here, StockX has taken out all the risk from buying and selling online. Total anonymity between buyer and seller. And StockX acts in the middle, so you never have to deal with a random buyer or seller again. StockX has experts who verify every item. This is big because you buy something, you buy some shoes, you see a pair you like, They're going to verify that everything you buy is 100% authentic, so when you're buying shoes, you know you're getting what you wanted in the condition you expect. Never get burned by fakes again. And this is not just for sneaker experts. It may sound like it is, but there's a lot of stuff for the casual buyer, too. And if you're like me and you get super impatient, you don't want to wait to see if a bid gets accepted, you can meet the buyer's asking price right then and there if you like the price and the item is yours? That's how I got a limited pair of Roger Federer Jordans, which I wish I could wear everywhere, but it's not socially acceptable. Always to check it out, go to stockx.com/slash/fantasybb. That's stockx.com/slash/fantasybb. Stockx. Now you know. Getting back to our Wednesday night preview, Cavs and Wizards. Tommy, we all listed Otto Porter as a buy low target at the Roto World Roundtable last week. But somehow things are actually getting worse. Last three games, he's averaging seven points in 23 minutes a game. Actually shooting better now, four of ten on threes during that stretch. So that's not an excuse. What on earth is going on with Otto, and are you still buying low?
0: I am. Um, I'm still confident that Otto will snap out of it. And here's the thing that I love about Porter and players of similar ilk. Despite his admitted ridiculous struggles this year from the floor playing time. Scott Brooks has benched him in the fourth quarter of each of the last three games. That certainly caused concern with all that wrapped up Porter is still 63rd overall in nine cap fantasy leagues. Um, you know, that's the type of guy that doesn't need to, you know, score 15 points a night. He gets boards, threes, blocks, assists, steals, um, doesn't hurt you in any one particular category. So even when those guys go through slumps and even prolonged slumps, uh, their floor is relatively high due to the fact that they contribute and stuff the statute across the board. Uh, so for that reason, I'm doubling down on Otto. If, uh, you, know, if you didn't make a deal and, and you know didn't pull the trigger on a trade over the last week, I would assume his asking price from his current owners probably dropped a little bit. It might have. If so, definitely uh, revisit the negotiating table and you know maybe offer a little bit less or, or what you were offering before. Because I think, again, over the course of the of the season, that's a guy you want in your roster. Um, especially if you can get him at a bargain basement price right now. Definitely a consistent quality producer that you can count in night in, night out.
1: Yeah, and I mean, sometimes we talk about a buy low, and it, it might be a little bit of a reach for some people in some leagues. Like, that that guy's value really hasn't dropped that much. Otto Porter's value has dropped. I mean, this is a real situation where, I mean, I'm starting to question it myself. I don't have him in any of my leagues, but I'm starting to think to myself, man, is this dude really going to turn around? That's how you know it's a real buy low. So if you want to gamble, your team has gotten off to a good start, take a shot. Yeah,
0: agreed. Yeah, you know, it's obviously dependent upon league, et cetera. But if you, you know, you feel you have a little bit of a cushion there, you're doing well early on. It's definitely some guy, you know, and then, and then you know, move one of your guys that you feel that you want to sell high on. You know, just, you know, there's always that situation to try and exploit.
1: All right, the Bulls are at the Celtics, and on Monday, Jabari Parker had 16 points, six boards on 6-17 shooting, no steals, no blocks, and no threes. The reason I bring that up is it kind of sums up the type of season he's having. Points, boards, not a lot else, and in nine category leagues, he is outside the top 200 as we sit here and talk. Tommy, do you see any hope for Jabari Parker to amp up his fantasy value at some point?
0: I don't, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say not at all, but I, I am not confident that he'll crack the top 50, you know, the top 150 anytime soon, um, or significantly, dramatically increase his value. Um, he's kind of the exact opposite of Otto Porter in a lot of respects, you know. You think, how can a guy that, that puts up 16-plus points a night you know, gets a decent amount of rebounds, be have, have so little value in terms of fantasy hoops. But as you mentioned, this limited steals, limited blocks, poor field goal percentage, inefficient offensive player, um, doesn't do much on the defensive end at all. Those are the type of guys that have a low uh, fantasy floor. Um, there'll be some nights where he scores 30, and you know, so his so ceiling is somewhat high in some respects. And you know, with DFS format, but if we're talking season long, um, you know, roto cat or head to head. It's just a guy that doesn't appeal to me, and uh, I'm, um, I, there's definitely other players I prefer.
1: It's kind of where Andrew Wiggins was for a couple of years there. Yep. He's actually graduated from it this year, hitting threes, getting steals, getting some blocks, free throw percentages up. So it can be very deceptive. Parker, like you said, looks like a guy you should be starting. We're also used to tracking points. He gets plenty of those, but he's actually hurting you uh, in a lot of cases unless you're in a super deep league. So keep that in mind. And I'll ask you, Tommy... In a shallow league, would you even consider dropping Parker if there's a good free agent? I mean, this this guy is, is is bringing you down in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I would definitely look into it, you know, depending on what's on the waiver wire, obviously. I, I try to shop Parker around. You know, we talked about that Otto Porter, you know, potentially looking at an Otto, Otto Porter trade, maybe including Parker and another, you know, a guy that's, that's around the 100th and see if you can pry Porter from an unhappy owner that's getting anxious. But, yeah, I mean, you know, looking at the big picture, if a guy is outside the top 200, that's difficult to carry in your roster. Um, So I would certainly consider dropping him if you're in a 10-team or 12-team league and um, there's a hot free agent that you want that's available on the wire.
1: The Pistons play exactly one game this week. They'll be taking on the Raptors, and it is Toronto I want to focus on, specifically Pascal Siakam double digits in nine straight averaging 17 and 7 shooting 66% during that stretch getting plenty of steals he's now inside the top 50 in nine category leagues do you trust him to keep this up
0: i do um i, I should say I, I think inside the top 50 is probably tough but i think there's a good chance that he finishes inside the top 75 overall in non CAD leagues this year. Um, I'm actually posting a piece that'll go live on Roto World later this afternoon. Um, and one of the guys that I look at is Siakam. It, he really has been remarkable. Over the, the rap Uh, Past eight games, he's averaging 18.1 points, seven boards, 1.6 steals, playing 31 minutes a night, shooting 68% from the floor and 84% from the free-throw line. Uh, Believe it or not, over that 16-day stretch, he ranks ninth overall in nine-category fantasy leagues, just ahead of Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and Dewell B. So, yes, obviously he's playing a little bit out of his mind right now. On the year, he's shooting um, 72.4%. Uh, on all two po- <laughs> on all two point field goal attempts, so anything inside the arc is shooting above seventy two percent obviously we're going to have some regression to the mean that's an unsustainable number. but the other numbers that he's putting up are relatively sustainable. His scoring average will probably drop a little bit, um, but his usage rate is below twenty. he's not a guy that they run a lot of plays for, and he's still putting up great numbers. They're twelve and two on the season. They've been playing extremely well. He's a major reason. He's a, you know a significant cog in that. Um, both on both ends of the floor, he contributes. Um, so I don't expect his minutes to drop anytime soon. Um, you know, obviously they are concerned about you know keeping Kawhi Leonard's minutes in check. So it's not like there's a guy coming back from injury that's gonna you know eat into his playing time and production in any significant way. So I'm high on Siakam. I'm I'm definitely buying in. I think obviously uh, he's he certainly shouldn't be on the waiver wire anywhere. If he is, run. Don't stop listening to this pod. I I shouldn't say that, but um, press you pause. Press, yeah, 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 yeah press pause. pause and go pick him mm-hmm. up. Um, but assuming he's owned in your league, I, he's a guy I would I would target and trade. Um, you may feel like you have to buy high on him, but I again I think. You know, assuming that his current owner feels like he might be willing to sell high. He's a guy that I target because I love his, his values, production, his consistency for the rest of the season going forward.
1: Yeah, and by the way, didn't even know that he was focused in your column. So what what wonderful accidental promotion that was. <laughs> yes, I a-
0: always appreciate it.
1: <laughs> All right, if you are looking for some more Fantasy Hoops action, perhaps looking for a fresh start, head on over to Draft.com. We are talking Daily fantasy basketball snake drafts instead of salary caps. They take just minutes to finish. You can do auction drafts as well. Enter the promo code RW and you can play for free. Again, head over to draft.com. Use the promo code RW. The Grizzlies of Memphis are at Milwaukee. Now, early season disappointment. Kyle Anderson suddenly coming to life. Around 10 points, 10 boards his last three games. I asked Dr. A about him the other day and he was not feeling it. Are you excited about Kyle Anderson?
0: Uh, excited might be a bit of a stretch um, come on <laughs> but I, I think I'm a little bit more excited than Dr. Ray I'll say that I think he's a little bit undervalued I've seen him uh, dropped in a bunch of leagues I scooped him up in a couple I like his, his I like his value again he's not a guy that's going to put up a ton of points not as sexy um, or really enticing ad But, you know, you look across the board, uh, he's going to give you some boards. He's rebounding, uh, you know, very well of late. I think his scoring will, you know, kind of rebound and, you know, progress towards, you know, 10 points per game. Uh, He's playing over 30 minutes a night on a consistent basis now over the last couple weeks. And uh, he's inside the top 100 over the last two weeks. So I think there's a lot to like there, especially for a guy that's floating around the waiver wire. I would certainly, you know, for instance, I'd rather have him than Terrence Ross. You know, some other guys that have been hot of late. I think he has a little bit more sustainable, relatively high floor. Uh, Again, he's never going to, or I should say rarely, he's going to knock your socks off with a, you know, a 30-point game or anything along those lines. But um, night in, night out, I I feel comfortable with him, you know, inserting into my lineup and feeling good there.
1: Yeah, Anderson, definitely a floor guy versus ceiling. And by the way, I have no idea why I came at you with so much enthusiasm there. I don't have him in any (laughs) leagues. I I didn't draft him anywhere. I don't don't know why. I just, I think after Dr. A just kind of, you know punched holes in the whole thing i was like someone give me something yeah
0: no i will i will not let i will not take this kyle anderson slander i will not let dr a poo poo him anymore so i'm supporting you slow mo all
1: right all right there we go uh as for the bucks malcolm brogdon averaged just 12.4 points his first 10 games however he has averaged 21.0 his last three quite simply which is the real malcolm brogdon
0: yeah, I'm also high on Brogdon as well. I was a little bit higher on him on my on my, pre, on my uh, start of the season, my draft time top 150. I had him right around 110 or 105, I think. And he's inside the top, uh, you know, right around that number at the moment. You know, Last season, despite battling injuries, uh, finished 93rd overall in non-category in leagues. Um, as we know, he was a rookie of the year as a rookie. Um, there's a lot to like there. He's just, you know, starting, playing consistently, playing 30 minutes. Coach Budenholzer has, you know, really revamped that Milwaukee offense. They're playing at very fast up-tempo, so you get a lot of possessions, a lot of chances for points, rebounds, and assists. You know, whereas uh, Eric Bledsoe's, you know, certainly the more attractive high upside guy. Again, Brogdon's one of those guys that has a relatively high floor um, and and give you kind of what you're looking for on a consistent basis. Just keep those expectations in check. Um, But he's another guy that I feel very content, you know, putting on my roster, 9 9 -9 out.
1: Yeah, I was really high on Brogdon as kind of a – or like you said around the 90 to 110 range in drafts I was pretty frustrated with him though leading up to that because he wasn't getting steals wasn't getting a lot of threes but finally starting to turn the corner so hopefully things are clicking and we might see him uh sit in between that 12.4 and 21.0 going forward yep
0: yeah I, th- I think that's a safe uh, expectation to be you know in the, in the 15 point you know 14 16 point range
1: yeah give me a, give me a nice 16.3 and I'll be happy uh, I'll take it the T-Wolves are hosting the Pelicans for Minnesota. We know that Jimmy Butler's departure is obviously big news for a number of guys, including maybe more than anyone, Carl Anthony Towns. But what about the guys arriving from Philly, Robert Covington and Dario Sarch? Do you think Covington keeps up what he was doing in Philly and any chance we see Saric finally come to life?
0: I think it's one of the more interesting, fascinating fantasy questions uh, that we'll see play out over the next month or so. I tend to lean towards Covington sustaining most of his value. Um, I think it was in a uniquely favorable situation in Philadelphia that kind of played to his strengths. Um, I think he's going to have to, you know, fit in and around the the Tom Thibodeau, um, uh, you know, kind of... uh, situation here as he moves to (laughs) as he as he moves to minnesota the one thing that's certainly working in his favor though is we know that tibbs loves defensive-minded gritty guys and that's you know what Roko brings to the table will tibbs be as comfortable as as brett brown was with him launching uh, you know three pointers left and right probably not so that's one area that i'm a little bit concerned about if his three-point attempts may decrease a little bit but he's a guy again uh that's not a you know a very high usage rate guy um, you know, he, he gets a lot of three pointers in transition, etc., but he's very consistent in terms of his steals and blocks. And that's one thing that we can you know, kind of count on going forward. I think his minutes per game will probably increase if there's any indication in the past that Thibodeau loves playing the guys he trusts, heavy minutes. And uh, usually Covington was around 30 minutes a night, 32 minutes a night with the Sixers. So we could see that uh, you know, slight uptick there that could lead to an increase in his fantasy value. Uh, as far as Saric is concerned, um, certainly there was, uh, he was struggling mightily. Uh, over the first month of the season in Philadelphia, so here's to hoping that he kind of gets a, a new lease on life and gets back on track in Minnesota. It'll be very interesting to see uh, what happens if uh, you know does Thibs sit Taj Gibson down. We know that Thibs has loved Gibson ever since yeah. uh, you know since he's arrived. He's one of you know very you know played all 82 games last year, played a ton of minutes. So I will admit I'm a little bit concerned into uh, how Dario kind of fits in uh, in that uh, power forward situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, in theory, this is a guy who could not possibly really benefit more from a change of scenery, an ideal change of scenery guy. But like you said, Todd Gibson's kind of like a security blanket for for Tibbs in a way, And, and he was really good on Monday night. Um, yeah, th- that guy's not just going to disappear. So that's definitely a problem for Sharj, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things, uh, you know, I think we'll all be very interested to see how the minutes played. Let's not overreact too, to the first couple games, obviously, uh, as those guys kind of, you know, figure their, themselves out and, and figure out where they fit in the rotation. And Thibodeau kind of uh, sees how he wants to use different guys with different groupings. So, you know, we'll give it some time. But there's certainly reason to be, there's reason to be pessimistic and optimistic. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out.
1: Your New York Knicks are at OKC on Wednesday. And you can probably guess who I want to talk about because we talked about him before. Mitchell Robinson. I'm going to go real old school on you here, Tommy, and say Robinson had a Yogi Stewart line the other night. Oh, nice. (laughs) Four points, four boards, nine blocks. His last four games, he's averaging it somewhat silly. 3.3 points, 4.5 rebounds, and 4.0 blocks, which I can barely even look at with a straight face. (laughs) But obviously, there's some excitement here. To me, the obvious question is, Will he at some point figure things out offensively? Because if he does, look out.
0: Uh, agreed. Now he's one guy I can get excited about, but I, I will temper those expectations, you know, in season-long and uh, redraft leagues. Robinson has a special skill set. I mean, the guy's uniquely talented, very gifted. If we were to redraft to the two thousand eighteen draft, he would certainly go in the top fifteen, I would think, if not the first round. Um, you know, he's that kind of upside, and we saw it in Vegas uh, in, in the summer league. He blocked twenty shots over five games. You know, average four blocks a game. um, You know, in around 20 minutes a night uh, in Vegas, um, which is a a record for the summer league. And uh, we've seen similar this far in his early showings in in the in the uh, first uh, what is it, 12 or 13 games the Knicks have played. Um, That being said. I'm concerned about his offensive production. That's what you asked about directly. At this stage of the game, he's strictly a guy that's going to catch lobs, off, put backs, dunks off offensive rebounds. I don't expect that to change. He actually has a pretty decent-looking stroke. If you 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 know if, you, if you watch him in warm-ups and going back to his high school days, I, I think he shot around 35% from three-point territory uh, as a high school senior in Louisiana. So that form is there. Um, there's reason to be optimistic about his long-term potential in terms of expanding his game, but that's not what the Knicks are. Are looking for, and that's not what he's on the floor to do at this particular time, so there will be plenty of games which he finishes with two points, six points. I, I don't think it's um, reasonable to assume that he's going to average double digits um, in the near future. Obviously, we know about Ennis Cantor coming off the next bench is going to play at least you know twenty five minutes a night. Um, and he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, put up those 15 points and 12 rebounds, et cetera. So uh, once we get towards the second half of the season, should they trade at Ennis Cantor or they agree to a buyout, something along those lines late in the season is, it, you know, that isn't outside the realm of possibility. Uh, then he could certainly see Robinson start to expand his game offensively and, and see his minutes increase. Um, but for the time being, if you need blocks, Robinson is a blocks and board specialist in the truest sense of the word. Um, so if we keep those expectations in mind, I think there's a lot to like there.
1: Let's say you're playing in a shallow league, and obviously blocks are at a premium. Is he someone you think it makes sense? To, he's not someone you can start right now, let's say uh, you're playing in a shallower league. Does he make sense to stash? You think 30, 40 games from now he might be giving you 8.7 boards and a bunch of blocks.
0: I think that's a very realistic expectations over the last couple months of the season, you know. Is it do you have the roster depth to, to kind of, you know, store one of those guys on your bench or, or play sporadically? Then yeah, I like his upside. Def certainly in dynasty leagues, he's a guy that I want to hold on to. but uh, you know in a 10 team, 12 team redraft league, if you need blocks or are desperate for blocks, it makes sense, but otherwise uh, be ready to be, you know, just be be comfortable comfortable being frustrated from from time to time yeah
1: you're, you're almost better off not having him in your lineup because then you don't get mad at him
0: correct but then you're gonna get mad when you see him block 10 <laughs> shots in, in five that's minutes, true
1: so. yeah you can't win you can't win <laughs> the jazz are at the Mavs Derek Favors has yet to play 30 minutes in a game this season but he has quietly had it rolling for a minute now his last eight games around 12 points seven boards 0.8 steals 1.4 blocks and zero point eight threes. on a scale of 1 to 10 how excited are you about Favors
0: Uh, Probably in the, I guess, the six or seven range. Um, You know, Favors is a guy that you're never going to get overly um, enthusiastic about. But he's, uh, you know, cut of a similar ilk of the, the Brogdon guy in, in a certain respect, considering the fact that uh, he's not going to have many overwhelming monster nights. But night in, night out, 12 points, 9 rebounds, 13 points, you know, 10 rebounds, you know, a couple blocks, a steal, solid percentages. One of those uh, interesting high floor guys, not necessarily the highest ceiling. But he's also a guy that I've seen floating around the waiver wire in a couple leagues. And I'm very content to scoop him up and put in putting my lineup, uh, you know, kind of set it, forget it, uh, and be content. And I think when you look back a month from now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I think favors is uh, it's easy to kind of get bored because, you know, he's not going to have those monster games, but you could do much worse. Certainly these Spurs are in Phoenix where we'll get another look at Derek White. Now, he had a big line over the weekend, 14 points, eight assists with some steals. He was quieter on Monday night with 11 points and five assists, a steal and a three. Are you above or below neutral in terms of your enthusiasm for D. White?
0: I probably I'm uh, probably a little bit above I think, White, there is a lot to like there. Uh, you know, in, in fantasy, as we know, availability is, is an ability, and, uh, you know, minutes on the floor equate to fantasy goodness. And I think there's a definite opportunity for White, as we know, he's been inserted into the starting lineup, uh, but to carve out a significant role there. Um, you know, the high 20s, low 30s in, in terms of minutes played pops a guy that is hesitant to trust um, guys that haven't, you know, earned his trust. But he doesn't really have much option, as we know, um, with the very limited depth that he has in backcourt particularly our point guard so White is a guy that I think uh, has a nice little upside you know obviously the you know he's, he's you know going to you know fall in line behind LaMarcus Aldridge and, and some of the other offensive threats there in, in San Antonio and obviously DeMar Derozan's playing terrific basketball early on but you know all things considered point guard as we know is, is, a, is a position that has little depth traditionally and certainly this season so uh, he's certainly a guy would keep an eye on and, and scoop him up if he's uh, you know still floating around the wire.
1: The final game of the night is Blazers at Lakers, and we're going to talk about another point guard here, Lonzo Ball. Coming off a nice game on Sunday, 8 points, 6 boards, 11 assists against the Hawks. But that Atlanta D has been notoriously generous so far this season. Do you think that was just the Atlanta factor for you, Tommy, or maybe the start of something good for Lonzo?
0: I've I've always been a little bit hesitant on Lonzo. I I see no reason to change that stance going forward. Um, He'll certainly have some nights, as he did, but with Rondo also playing well, there's there's a certain likelihood for a you know a, a six point four rebound, six assist night, uh, which is not going to kill you. But I just don't love you know his value in terms of his perceived value as in, in regards to his actual value. He's a guy I didn't draft in any leagues. Um, I didn't draft him last year. I'm just not a, a, a fan of those inefficient offensive guys um, that can drag your you know if you're in a, if you're in a points league or a five category league, that's one thing. But if we're talking eight category, nine category league, a guy that's going to shoot. You know, 38% from the floor, 39% from the floor, shoot below 65% from the free throw line. Uh, It's just not a guy that I will value unless it's very, very late. And it's you know, Lonzo being a number two overall pick and a Laker, um, he's he's tended to be his value. You know, his ADP is always higher than I believe it should be, um, which makes his value during the season oftentimes higher than it should be. So I've steered clear of Lonzo this far and, and plan to do so going forward.
1: All right, another guy whose value has definitely been higher this season so far in points leagues is Brandon Ingram. Pretty perplexing so far in nine category leagues averaging around 15 points, 4 boards, 0.73 0.7 steals, 1.1 blocks. That, you know, that makes you think, okay, he's having a pretty decent season, but shaky free throw shooting and high turnovers have him around number 200 overall, which is basically like we said with Jabari Parker, not really startable. Are you optimistic about Ingram turning things around in the long run?
0: Yeah, I'm not. I I think, you know, you mentioned Jabari Parker, and that's what I was thinking, the the same thing. He's one of those guys where you look at it on paper, and I don't want to say, you know, an inexperienced player, but a relatively novice fantasy player might be like, wow, 15 points, you know, you can get five boards a night. You know, one of the leading scorers on the team, he's got to be a, you know, quality fantasy guy. But in eight category, nine category fantasy leagues, he's just not that valuable. Um, you know, a guy like Kyle Anderson is is more valuable, you know, despite his struggles, um, just because he's going to contribute consistently across the board. Again, on a week-to-week basis, there's going to be nights where, you know, Ingram scores 22 and then, you know, backs it up with 25. Um, but if we're looking at over the next, you know, five months of the season, there's plenty of other guys I'd rather have. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, right around top 200, I think he was 188th overall in nine category fantasy leagues. Last season, despite his you know strong close to season when he's averaging 17, 18 points a game, um, but if again for his career he's shooting around sixty five percent from the free throw line, plenty of turnovers you know relative to his assist ratio that's unappealing. So um, he's a guy, another guy that I'm not high on and that I don't I haven't owned and don't plan on owning anytime soon.
1: Yeah, he had a big game last week, but not much around that. But maybe if he strings together three to five good games, and that's the last thing you're one of your league mates sees in his game log, you might be able to trade him for something a bit more valuable. All right, Tommy, you said your column is coming out Wednesday afternoon. We know it has information about Pascal Siakam in it. Anything else you want to say?
0: Uh, Yeah, a little Siakam, a little Derrick Rose, his remarkable uh, bounce-back season and uh, a little bit of De'Aaron Fox. And, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll touch on a few guys that have really exceeded expectations this far and kind of break down their numbers, try to put them a little historical perspective and have some fun with that.
1: Awesome. Looking forward to it. And everyone, as you get ready for this 11-game Wednesday night, as always, keep focused on the Roto-World Player news page as we get tons of updates leading up to tip-off and beyond of those games. Tommy, thank you as always, sir. It's been a pleasure.
0: My pleasure, Matt. Uh, Have a good one. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.